Good morning. <laughs> Glory to God. How are you? Good. Everybody have a good week? Is anybody ready for fall? <laughs> Was it a little bit warm? No? I saw at least one day where the humidity was like 96%, and I went, oh, man, I don't like that at all. So that's not my favorite. So here we're going to have to get smiles on everybody's faces. So let's see. Let me. I'm just taking count here. Okay, ready? Good, good. Awesome. All right, good, good. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah, we got it. Everybody, are you on purpose pulling from the joy of the Lord? Or, or, or are you just waiting for God to zap you? If you want results, you got to do it on purpose. you got to say, Lord, I believe who you are, and I draw on you regardless of how I feel. Amen? Amen? Good. You have to do that. You have to, you have to draw on the Lord no matter what you see or what you, fa- what you face. And uh, this is, a lot of times people miss out on what God has for them because uh, they're not drawing on purpose. We need to draw on purpose. Remember the Lord said this. He said, rejoice always. Right? You know that when he said rejoice, he meant, there, there I am. Um, when he said rejoice always, he literally meant in the good times and in the bad. In the good times and in the bad. Why? Because there's a power. What the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And so there's a power uh, in that joy when we put on joy. And we have, to, we have to move towards that. We have to understand that. And we have to say, Lord, I realize, think about this. How unfair would it be? Think about this now. And this is, this is a promise that I think many people miss. How unfair would it be for God to give us a command to put on joy if there wasn't something actually to be joyful about? Wouldn't that make him unjust? And wouldn't that kind of make him a liar? It's like, put on joy, but you're going to fake it. Is that what God, like, he wants you to put on hypocrisy all the time? That's like anti-holy, right? So for us to put on joy, he's actually saying, I'm telling you to rejoice always because there's never something for you to not rejoice over. There's always a solution. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, always, and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. In other words, knowledge of him is a sweet aroma, and it's just waiting to manifest in our lives all the time. The only key is Christ is there. He's got this on. The key is, are we taking him by the hand? Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Many times we're not allowing Christ to lead us, and that's why we're not going to triumph. And we're not, part of that leading us is following his commands, like rejoice always. (laughs) Like be thankful, be grateful. You know, what I've found is, the Lord shared this with me years ago. What I've found is if you're actually thankful, if you're thankful, then... You, if you're wanting to be thankful, you can always find thanksgiving somewhere. Amen? Glory to God. I, let me follow the Holy Ghost here. Are you caring? Nice to meet you. They told me about you. I was looking forward to meeting you. Can I pray for you? Would that be okay right from the get-go? Amen. Will you just stand right here, just right at your chair? There you go. Father, you, you're fine. Just relax. So, Lord, right now, 
Let your anointing overflow in her life. And let your love manifest that triumph right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. There's that anointing right there. Lord, let that anointing by your spirit and out of the word spoken in the spirit I just spoke, let your anointing flood her life, bring solutions and bring your glory, bring the victory that I just spoke of and a new joy on her face, a new joy in her life. Let her be strengthened with all might in everything Today is a new day in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you take that? Amen. Glory to God. Nice to have you today, sir. Amen. So, um, this week, one of the things uh, that I was really feeling led to do is uh, talk about truth that stands. Truth that stands. Okay? Truth that stands. If you would go to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14 and 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Now this is Paul writing to his spiritual son Timothy, who was a pastor. And uh, you see that Paul is giving Timothy some instruction one of the things that he tells Timothy is don't let people despise your youth. Uh, I think you could actually read into that and say, you know, no matter where you are or where you've come from, you know, don't, let the, don't let yourself be despised. And this is what he was telling Timothy. It's not that he's telling Timothy to fight against the people that despise him. He's saying don't let their, the thought, that they despise you if they do. A lot of times we think people despise us when they really don't. But he's saying, don't let that thought get in you, Timothy. Don't let it get in you. And so no matter who you are, where you come from, everybody in here comes from different spiritual backgrounds, comes from different financial backgrounds, different social backgrounds, uh, different uh, gender and race backgrounds. Uh, there's so many different areas and places that we come from. Don't let the despising or the seemingly despising thought come into you. In other words, people may treat you wrong, but God will uphold you. God will protect you. God, if you believe in God and you go after him and take him by the hand, God will protect you. Even when it looks like they've done you wrong, God will get it repaid to you. You see? And this is just the thing. So it doesn't matter what I see or what I face. I've learned I'm not going to let that despising thought like I'm despised, like I'm, you know, woe is me. Uh, when you get into that place, you really hurt yourself because what you start doing is you start looking at your physical surroundings instead of who you are in Christ. Don't let that despising thought that I'm despised, that people are treating me wrong, that they're doing, doing it wrong to me, don't let that get in you. But here's why. Here's why. For, forget about what the people said. What does God say about you? Did you know that regardless, I could have all the enemies in the world that could call me an idiot and a heretic and all that kind of stuff, but God said something different. 
God said, I love you with an everlasting love. So even when the devil brings a thought of, of despising against somebody, even when the devil brings that, I can look and see what God said about me and say, you know, that doesn't matter as much as what you say, Lord. You know? I mean, Nicole shouldn't say all those things about me. I understand, but... She doesn't. She loves me. Don't, you know? Some be like, oh my gosh, the pastor's wife thinks that about... No, she doesn't. I gave her Christmas in July. How could she do that? You know, so we had this weekend, we turned the AC down. Probably not the best thing to do. Sorry, Matthew. Uh, well, we turned the AC down in like 96% humidity this week. And, uh, and we dropped it as cold as we could get it. Turned on the fireplace. Turned on the Christmas music. Gave out some gifts. Uh, why? Because I love it all the time. No, she loves Christmas. And that was what the Lord told me to do, so... It was a great weekend. We, we had a lot of fun. I actually walked out of the house. I hadn't walked out of the house since Friday. And I walked out of the house this morning. I'm like, dang, it's still summer. <laughs> it's still summer out here. And uh, so anyway, even if people despise you or they think that you're too young, they think you're not anointed, they think whatever, don't let that get in you. Don't let it get in you. Stop letting it get in you. God said something different. And half the time, that's just the devil lying to you anyway. Those people ain't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. You know, half, more than half the time. It's not even you they're thinking about. They, don't, they generally don't give you more than an inkling of thought in, in the world for sure. Now, the church should be different, but a lot of times people ain't thinking about you. They're thinking about them. They're thinking about them. And uh, we're like, well, they just think I'm this and that. Like, they, they weren't thinking at all. <laughs> and even if they were, God said different things. He said, you're able and adequate as ministers. I've granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. I love you with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. I've got good plans for you to give you a future and a hope, not for calamity. God never has plans for your calamity. Glory to God. This is, this is just great. Amen. But how many people have ever forgotten those things when you started thinking somebody's despising me? You've forgotten those, what God said? about you, you've forgotten his promises, you forgot how to put on joy, you forgot how to get in worship at your house. Lord, I love you. Thank you. You forget how to do those things because we let our thoughts run rampant. We didn't take them. A thought tried to loft itself above God, above what God said about you. They said this, and we all of a sudden, we focus on that for the next three or four days. And what's happened? You let a thought over what God, like they got an authority over what God says? He said, I love you so much, I'll send my only son to be like you, become your substitute and die for you. And, and not just that, raise him again so that you can have power to live a glorious and full of joy life. And you're thinking about what somebody said? Now, it is our job to judge ourselves. Like, it, you know, it's not our job just to go through life and, and, and not care anything about spiritual fruit. That we, can, we need to change ourselves and disciple ourselves and crucify the flesh and grow. So I'm not talking about jumping over your own judgment of yourself. But it, I'm not going to sit there and think about people that are thinking wrong thoughts. I'm 
going to think about what God did. See, that's a thought over what God said. That's a thought trying to loft itself higher. What does the word say in 2 Corinthians? Take that thought captive, cast it down. Cast it down. Why? Because if you don't cast it down, it'll sink you. Anybody ever watch that happen? You don't have to raise your hand, but you, you had a bad thought. It wasn't a God thought, and you kept thinking on it, and it just pulled you right down in the pit with it. With it. Anybody? Any takers? Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. You don't, I'm, just, I'm just letting it linger so you, you can identify with it if, it's you, if you didn't get it right off. So <laughs> Everybody's like, no, I got it right away pretty much. Yep, thanks. <laughs> Let's look at 1 Timothy 3, and I want you to see this. Verse 14. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> Joy. Love you. I like your little half beard you got going back compared to your normal one. <laughs> Sometimes we just need some joy. We need, you know, we need the power of God. You, well done, good and faithful. You ever heard this verse? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the bitterness of the Lord. Of the Lord. <laughs> That's not what it says, is it? It says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm going to walk over here so he'll be coherent for the rest of the message. Because what happens is you have a supernatural God flowing through natural people, and all of a sudden your body just can't handle it anymore. But that's the same anointing that heals and delivers and sets free. Glory to God. We need the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Isaiah 12, 3, apparently we need a dose of joy. Amen. Maybe it's time for a Holy Ghost meeting. Amen. Holy Ghost meeting. Amen. Teaching on the Word. Gifts of the Spirit in operation and joy in manifestation. Holy Ghost meeting. Now, let me go back over here. Now, He's sensitive to the Holy Spirit, which I appreciate. And uh, one of the things that we need, though, in Isaiah 12, 3, it says this, with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. Have you ever wanted saving in something? You ever wanted saving? Well, saving, you know, salvation is just a manifestation of saving. Salvation is just a manifestation of saving. So if I, want to, if I want to be saved in something, I just need to grab a hold of salvation. Well, according to Isaiah 12, 3, what does it tell me? Grab the hold of salvation. With joy, we draw from the wells of salvation. So joy becomes an integral component of getting my salvation. I need to be really good in flowing in the joy of the Lord. Really good in the joy of the Lord. You know? Generally, it manifests on most people like this. <laughs> That's the way it generally manifests. I've seen a lot in the church that I'm not sure it's manifested in them before. Not today, but other places. Not this church, certainly not. <laughs> no, we've had our days too. But you know, Christians ought to be the most joyful people on the earth. Because they know who they are. Even in the midst. You know, that's what grew the church in the first few centuries. They were killing Christians, feeding them the lions, everything else. But they couldn't take away their joy. They couldn't take away their belief. They were so strong in their belief 
that people were like, whatever it is that they got, I want that. And they would give their lives for it. They couldn't steal their joy. Man, in the American church today, you can steal somebody's joy just by not talking to them when you walk in the church. Good Lord. Good Lord, help us. Right? You can steal somebody's joy just by telling them uh, a doctrine that they never knew about in the Bible. Well, do you know everything that's in there? <laughs> you know it and you know what it all means? You, you mean there's a chance that you might not know something? Some preacher get up, preach something. I don't understand that. They'll flow in something. I don't understand that. And somebody's joy will just leave them. Choo! And it was God, but they, we've been taught to think and believe certain things. And then all of a sudden, a preacher operates in what they actually need to solve a problem. And that belief system goes, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about those tongues. I don't know about that power. I don't know about that joy stuff. That dude over there, I like his beard, but he's weird. Uh, <laughs> Nicole said it rhymed it must be true <laughs> that's not true <laughs> but we have this idea we need joy we need the things of God we need a supernatural how many people let me just ask this question how many people are tired of what the world has to offer like I've seen enough well doesn't that kind of mean that we've tried to do it our way and it didn't work? So now maybe let's go after it God's way. Anybody, anybody there with me? Like, even if you're doing good, it's kind of like, let's do it God's way, right? Let's do it God's way. But you know, if we're going to do it God's way, that means something inside of us is going to have to change. <laughs> Whoops. I kind of set you up for it, I know. It's like, dang. I want to do it God's way, but I got to change? Tell me it hadn't come to that. No, we should change every week. Every week, based off the word. So speaking of the word, let's get there. Verse, have you found uh, 1 Timothy 3.14? Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. 15. But in case I am delayed... I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. Uh-oh. I'll know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. Now, I want you to see, what's the context here? What, what's he talking about? Where to conduct himself? In that church, in the household of God, Right? So now look at what he says about the church in the next statement. He says, the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the support of the truth. The pillar and the support of the truth. Do you understand that truth in this world is upheld by the local church? Let that get you. Truth is upheld by the local church. Now we know, now think about this, we know that the truth that's, that's walked in, continued in, will what? Set us free. So freedom or bondage is held by the truth which is held by the church. The church is the pillar of truth. 
The church is the pillar of truth. That means the church in this world is also directly connected to the freedom or the bondage of the people. Not just the people that go to church. The freedom or the bondage even over an area. How important then is the church? How important is the church? And and the, the message today is truth standing tall. You know, the higher we uplift the truth, the more people can fit under the tent. The higher we uphold the truth, the more people we can fit under the tent. And the more people can be free. And the issue is, now I want you to see this, we need to be, can we look at that and say, man, we need the truth standing tall. So what does that tell us about the church? We need the local church, what? Standing tall, not wobbly, not wavering. You know, I, I'm, I just got a thing this week, just, just got a message this week about a, about a, um, an event they're having in town, drag queen something, in Albemarle, in Albemarle. First one sold out, so they decided to do a second one. In Albemarle. That's not it. I just saw, it, was, it wasn't here, I don't remember where it was, but it was, uh, it was a, a principal talking to first, second, and third grade students about a book, about a book that basically talks about becoming transgender and, and telling the first, second, and third grade students, you need to read this book, it's a great book. It'll be in our library. I had so much fun reading it. Just saw it yesterday. Now, what I'm saying, what's happened? Now, what happened when you, one of the things that you can always look at, you can see an antichrist system coming against is when it tries to limit the church. Did y'all see, y'all see over the last few years, did you see pastors getting thrown in jail for having church? Did you see that happening at the mosque? Did you see that happening at the sports arenas? I mean, they started with some stuff, but then it eased off. How come it just zeroed in on the church? You can't have freedom without the pillar of truth. And you can't have the pillar of truth without the church standing tall. Now, what I'm saying to you is that the local church is very important. I'm not trying to get political, but here's the thing about God. So every, we have this idea in the country, and we've been raised that, that there's a separation between church and state in that way. God never saw that. God never showed that. No, he actually says... I want you to worship me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That means I'm worshiping him all the time with every part of me, which some part of me goes to church and some part of me goes to work and some part of me might go to a, a, a board meeting and a political uh, meeting for my community or something like that. In other words, God's supposed to be 100% on in our lives all the time, everywhere, in everything. That's the problem is when you try to let God be in this one but not be in this one, now what happens is the truth falls down in that area and people start moving into bondage. 
and we know that this is going to happen. It's not that we should just sit back. You know, we know that the world is going to get darker and darker and darker. And Isaiah says, darkness and deep darkness comes on all the people. But that's where he also says in, in chapter 60, he says, arise, shine. In other words, let the light of God and the glory of God come out. We need the local church to shine and be in truth. Now, some people will take that and they'll run with it politically. And they're like, everybody, and I'm not saying this, but here's what some pastors and some people believe we ought to do. Everybody, let's run down to the school board meeting and stand up for this. And they get belligerent and they, get, they actually get in battle mode. Right? They think that's their spiritual warfare. They'll go run down and fuss with people at the school board, but they won't come for prayer. We don't fight in normal ways. And, you know, we, we have this idea. Do you know why it was interesting to me with all the lockdown that happened? We had when Easter came. Now what is Easter? Easter is the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord who gave us eternal life. Anybody happy about that? <laughs> Anybody happy that you don't have to go to hell because Jesus died for us and rose again? Because if he would have just died and not rose again, we'd still be going. But because he rose again, I'm happy about that. So here we are. The lockdown, lockdown happened. We're... We even broadcast, we're having Easter services at that time. We're having them in the, in the parking lot. We're finding a way to assemble and, and not try to just get the whole community and, and everybody up in arms. If God tells us to do it, we'll do it. We're not, a, we're not afraid of that, but he showed us. He said, this is what I want you to do for a few weeks, so we did it. That, that Easter, we're out in the parking lot. That resurrection day, we're out in the parking lot. We're the only church, major church that I know of in the whole area that's having church on Resurrection Day. Now there's a couple of others that were, that were coming along, but I'm talking about major church on the highway with a building looks like a church actually broadcasting across the community. We're having church. Everybody else sat home now for weeks. And it's Resurrection Day. Like if it's me, like... I got to get out of this house and I want to go celebrate my eternal king. That's what I'm thinking. We had, was it one or two extra cars? Two extra cars that day. And we were prepared because I didn't, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, you know, a month and a half, people are tired of being at home. They see a church that's having service. I'm ready to go. They didn't even have to come in the building. They could sit in their cars, which is like no... There's no risk with that according to what they would be thinking. There's no risk whatsoever to extra cars. We didn't know. We are thinking, you know, we might have 100 cars show up on Sunday. We don't know. We don't know how people are going to respond. When I saw that, I went, whoo, this is trouble. This is trouble in the American church. Why? You've got nobody, basically, that's hungry to worship our Lord the very thing that they claim their eternity on, nobody wants to get out and do what the Bible says to assemble and celebrate that resurrection, their own resurrection. And I went, this is a problem. This is a problem. 
Like, it's not the end all. It's just it really identifies where the American church is. It really identifies that. And it's very interesting to see that. What is, what is the issue? What would you say, even, now I'm not talking about in the world, I'm talking about in the American church. What has happened to our idea of the church, of the local church? Is it where, on the whole, I'm not just saying you, on the whole, where is it? Is it as high as it should be or is it low? It's very low. We've got to understand what the church does. It upholds that truth. It upholds it. It's supposed to be upholding that all the time. And so, if you know scripture, if you were the enemy of God, what would you attack? Oh man, I would attack the church. I would attack it. I would attack the unity of it. I would attack the power of it. I would attack the word. Those are three things that you see that the local church must uphold to be that pillar of truth. The word of God, the unity and love of it, and the power. And the devil comes against those things all the time. See, this is, we have this idea, I started this a second ago, we have this idea that the local church goes and fights spiritual battles by showing up at the school board meeting. And there's times that you may go do that. I've gone and spoken, spoken at them. But here, here's the thing. That's not the only way. You know what one of the best ways you can actually be the light in a dark world? Carry yourself like a citizen of heaven. That means full of the word, full of love and unity, and full of the power of God. I watch as people in churches will get so political and man, they'll go raid a school board meeting and, and as the church, stand up and cuss in the middle of it. I mean, just, it's like, what? I don't think that's right. <laughs> like something in me just says, that wasn't supposed to happen. I've watched it happen. Stand up. And yet, and it's like get so fired up to go do these things, but when it comes time to change themselves and live like Christ, they're like, amen, preacher, good job, but keep doing the same thing for 20 years. We've got to be what God calls the church, not just our idea of a social club carrying some momentum because we got extra people and we can motivate people to go do something. How about we carry the word of God? It's in us, the truth-giving word of God. We carry it all the time. We carry it. How about we carry the love and the unity everywhere we go? Everywhere we go, somebody does something to you and you're like, you know, you're not necessarily standing there and waiting for him to slap you all day long. That's not what Jesus, if you read the full context of the word, that's not what he's talking about you. But you don't get offended because they got one good slap in. <laughs> you don't get offended. If I could tell you the number of times we've been slapped spiritually, <laughs> I can't even keep up with it. Generally on a daily basis. I can't even keep up with it. It just happens all the time. So what if we just carried, you know, something crazy like forgiveness? <laughs> just something crazy like that. What? You mean Jesus forgave people 
and we're supposed to be like Jesus. That, now, that's a step too far, Pastor. That is a step too far. <laughs> step too far. What if, instead of just complaining and telling everybody what we think we know, we actually started carrying the power of God? And that person that needed help, we prayed for them, laid hands on them, and they got healed, and they got help that they needed. They got the wisdom. The anointed flowed into their life. You know, it can just start with you. Did you know if you're born again, these are anointed hands that you're carrying? And, and you're, you're feeling, I'll do it quite often, actually. I need something. I need some extra help from God. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> you know, you can pray for yourself. Start anointing yourself. A lot of people won't do that. They'll just sit at home and complain and, you know, be the anti-joy. What I call lemon face. They look like they're eating on a sour lemon all the time. I'm holy. You sound like it. (sighs) What if we actually were the pillar that God called us to be? Look at this, Hebrews 10 23 through 25. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. What happens if we become the church that we're supposed to be and we don't let anything rob it? What happens if Boomerang as a local church becomes the pillar of truth that it's supposed to be and we don't let anything rob that? What happens? What happens is it becomes a place where people step into and the problems drop off their life. What happens is the people that are dealing with poverty or a lack of abundance, the abundance just jumps into their life because the church is upholding the truth. The the people that come in, they've got no hope whatsoever. All of a sudden, it becomes a light, a beacon. You ever been lost in the dark and you don't know where you are and then all of a sudden you see a light? You're like, ah, civilization. Hope comes in you. That's the beacon that the local church is supposed to be. But that doesn't mean that only I'm supposed to carry it. If, if I'm here every week going, rah, 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 you can do it, you can do it, you know, and I'm lifting you up and, and I'm upholding you all by myself, this is going to get old real quick. You're going to be like, he preaches the same message every Sunday. But what would happen if, well, I, I know, you know, something crazy. I walk in and, by the way, I spoke with the mayor of Troy this week. If you don't know, we're planting a church in Troy starting this year. It was awesome. We had a great, great meeting, a great conversation. What if I come in from Troy? I just preached over at Troy, and I come to Albemarle. Yeah. Actually, it'd be more like this because Johnny's driving. And I walk in, and I walk out that door, and this place is lit up in the glory. Whoo! It's like... Oh, I don't even know if I need to preach. Man, the anointing's flowing. There's expectation. The Word of God. Everybody was studying their Bible that week. The hope of God got on them. The anointing's flowing through believers. And then my only job is just to direct it, like not, not control it, just Holy Ghost, what do you want to do here? And the power is flowing. And the love of God is flowing. Do you know what happens? The 
gets lifted higher. The love of God goes higher. The light shines farther. All of a sudden, you can change a region. You can definitely change families. But this has to be a reality. We've got, we got to stop letting it be a theory. And it can't just be a reality to me. It's got to be a reality to every person. The church is the pillar of truth. God knows this. The devil knows this. How come the church hasn't known this? God knows it. The devil knows it. How come the church hasn't known it? Truthfully, they haven't known it. They haven't gotten in the word, and they haven't taken that stuff seriously. But it's time for that to change. I think y'all are serious. Look, you wouldn't be at Boomerang if you weren't serious. Because if you're playing religious games, most people don't last long around here playing religious games. It's just the truth. We're looking for hungry people. We're looking for people that are ready to go to the next level. It's the way it is. You're here. You're here because you're after something. I'm tired of average. I'm tired of the status quo. I read too much about a good God, a loving God, a powerful God, a big God that loves me with an everlasting love and I'm ready to walk in it and I'm not going to take no for an answer because I know it's truth. And so you're here because of that. But look at, you know, understand that all of us come from backgrounds probably where that wasn't the case. Odds are the vast majority of us don't come from a place where the church is actually being the church. So that means even what we think we know, we have to allow it to be changed. Hebrews 10, 23 he says, I am writing these things to you. Oh, excuse me. I looked at Timothy again. He says, let us hold fast. Let us, first of all, hold fast. Verse 23 through 25. Let us hold fast. Now, let, just hear that part. Whatever we're about to learn, let us grab it and not let go. How many people have ever heard a message similar to this, like this? If you've been in Boomerang, you've heard messages like this. Would we say that we've appropriately held on to a message like this? I can answer no. <laughs> no. I can answer no. But we have a command by the Holy Spirit through God, hold on to this message. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope Without wavering. Do you know Bible hope means joy, confidence, and expectation? Joy, confidence, expectation. It says, let us hold on to this hope without wavering. Don't you know the devil is going to try to come into your life like you're shining, you're going to church, you're so excited. I done found me a church that's on fire, is moving in the love of God. And my, my dance is a little off this one today. But, and, and don't you know the devil's going to, not going to sit there and be like, oh man, you're so excited to be at this new church. Man, the power of God's flowing through you, seeing all this great stuff. And he's going to be like, well, just have fun then. <laughs> no, that's not how he works. He's going to come and he's going to try and shake you out of that, block you from that truth. Like, uh. I'm going to hold it back. He's going to try and stop you. He doesn't want that to continue. Because if that continues, he loses ground. 
And if anything he's good at, it's being an enemy. He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He, does. he tries to come and shake you. And this is why the Holy Spirit has to write this. Let us hold fast. The confession of hope, the joy, confidence, and expectation. Generally, it looks like this. When, when you look in the mirror and you look like this instead of this, that's generally when he's shaking you. It's pretty simple. <laughs> when you look in the mirror and you look like this instead of this, that's generally the moment. You, you know, am I under spiritual attack? Go to the mirror. No, I, I don't think so, or else I'm handling it well. Yep, you're under spiritual attack. You might not be handling it well. Just an indicator. Just a red flag. That's biblical. Matthew 28, 11, Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take, I'm gentle. It's spirit. I'll teach you these things. He said, and my yoke is easy and light. You know what easy and light? You know what hard and heavy produces on your face? You know what easy and light produces on your face? <laughs> it's like not hard. I mean, we try to complicate. I think I'm under spiritual attack. You reckon? <laughs> Are you sure? I got an indicator. <laughs> I got an indicator. Maybe so. <laughs> it's just possible. But he wrote this because he knew we'd come under spiritual attack. And he says, when you do, hold fast. Hold on to joy. Hold on. Literally, when he says, hold on to your hope, he's saying, hold on to joy. He's saying, hold on, hold on to confidence. Hold on to expectation. I'm expecting things to change. You ever watched when you fail? When, when you fail... You, you weren't expecting things to change. You're expecting them to stay bad. That's when you fail. Why? Because you've, you've let go of hope. You've let go of joy. You've let go of confidence. But he told us, hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, I understand that we're getting to the place where he says, don't forsake the assembly. He's actually telling us also how to be a good church. He's telling us how to be a good pillar of truth. He's telling, is the, is the church the pillar of truth very, very important in the world? We've already talked about that. Man, it's important. So we've got to learn how to be a good church. Every believer has a responsibility to be a part of a good local church because it's the pillar of truth. It's the pillar, which means I've got to uphold my responsibility in that local church and part of it's holding on to hope. Joy, confidence, expectation, it's holding fast to it. Part of, and I've got to accept that responsibility personally. Let me just share something with you because I want you to see, we're kind of mingling in here today, we're talking about some anti-Christ theology. Any, anybody that's grown up in church, you know, you really, really, really right now want to be anti-Christ? Okay, good. I, I'm preaching to the right crowd. I, I walked in the right building today. Good. Amen. If you don't want to be antichrist, this is stuff you got to do. Because antichrist comes against the church. Antichrist comes against the anointing. It, it's more than what you think. It's not just a dude at the end of time. 
It's a spirit that's pushing people. That's what would make politicians come after church leaders, but not others. Because they're pushed by an anti-Christ spirit. And the church is supposed to uphold, is supposed to uphold Christ, the truth. Now, what is interesting is, in this whole press and in this pressure, the great thing is, when, when the church comes under pressure, we are pressed. The real church, but not crushed. <laughs> Persecuted, but not abandoned. Crushed, pressed down, but not destroyed. You see, we all of a sudden, the, the Antichrist system, they... It's like, devil, are you going to wake up to this or not? You you start putting the church under pressure, the the fake church, religious church, it crumbles. But the real church goes, and pops out of that thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He squeezes, and the real church comes out. Oh, this is what I'm looking for this morning. I'm looking, is will the real church please stand up? Will the real church, amen, will the real church grab a hold of the promises of God? Amen, you may be seated. It was just an analogy or whatever, an example, but I really appreciate your passion. Amen. I love your passion. That's awesome. But see, that, that's just it. You, you, it's like, I'll tell you this. You know, all this, all this stuff that happened last, we're stronger than ever before. We've seen more power than ever before. Finances went up like that never before. I mean, it was like, it's like, this is awesome. Now, but now watch, 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 watch. Watch, 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 watch. In the midst of that, in the midst of that, how many people felt like you have had more spiritual attack than ever before in the last couple years? Yeah. But what does James say? <laughs> I didn't see it. I don't want to ask. <laughs> what does James, the book of James say? When persecution and troubles come after you, rejoice. Why? But what do we have to rejoice over? We already talked about this. Wouldn't it be unfair and unjust if God told us to rejoice and there was nothing to rejoice over? He says rejoice. In other words, there's a salvation that's always near to us. There, we always have a hope. We always have something to grab a hold of and hold fast to. There's the real church is the one who says, if you bring it on, I'm just going to hold on to Christ even more. I'm going after Him with more vigor. I'm going after Him with more passion. I won't let go of Him. Now that doesn't mean that attacks won't come. Remember Jesus said, I don't pray that you come out of this world. But Lord, keep them from the wicked one. Keep them from the evil. You're kept. Now, does it always feel like you're kept? No. But that's when you hold fast. It doesn't always feel like you're kept. But you are. Jesus prayed that. That wasn't a man's prayers only. That was the Son of God praying in faith who could not sin. That means that prayer is answered. We are kept. We are kept. And so in the middle of that pressure, in the middle of the constriction, we're pressed but not crushed. 
persecuted, but not abandoned. See, this is who we are. That verse, like we want to say it, but we all say it on Sunday morning, we yell and shout and hallelujah and amen, but on, on Wednesday morning, when we're in the middle of the press, we're like, oh, pastor, please, oh God, oh, like, I think I'm under spiritual attack. I think you might be too. I just got an inkling. I got some spiritual discernment. <laughs> just got a little bit of spiritual discernment going on. Yep. You're under pressure. <laughs> and so, See, all these life group leaders that have started answering the phone calls, they're all like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's all the, all the phone calls pastor used to answer all the time. I understand. I get it. Do you know what these people say? Uh-huh. <laughs> do you know what they're asking and saying? Yep, I do. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad you do too now. Amen. And you know what? While you're under this persecution, you will not be pressed and crushed. <laughs> you will not be abandoned because he'll stand with you the same way he stood with me. Glory to God. And guess what? <laughs> You're enjoying this? <laughs> We're just like, praise God, it's somebody else now. Amen. <laughs> now, and that's how it's supposed to be, is that we stand up and help bear the burden of one another. That's what love does. It's not just all supposed to be on the pastor. He says in Ephesians 4, that you raise up, train, and equip for the work of ministry. Yeah. Man, I want to share so much more of this message with you, but I feel like I'm not getting very far. I'm on verse, the second set of verses. He says, Let us hold fast our confession of hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. See, we're not holding fast and holding on because we did it all right. Hey, Miss Marilyn, I just caught sight of you. Amen. It's so good to see you. Amen. <laughs> Hopefully that camera was on me when I did that because I was looking right at it. We love you. Hope you're not embarrassed now. <laughs> Everybody wave at Miss Marilyn. I missed you. <laughs> My eyes have only gone past the third row up until this point. I just started preaching to the back rows. Some people are like, what in the world is he doing? <laughs> Flowing in the anointing. Flowing in the anointing. Who knows? Maybe Barrett needed to laugh like that. I don't know. Maybe the Lord knew what she needed, and that did it. And there it is. Now she's got healing. That's how it works. We're not... We're not holding on to hope and holding fast to hope because we got it all right. My goodness, if that was the case, <laughs> we're sunk. <laughs> we're done, right? If, we're, if it's all what we have, we're done. But we're holding on because he's faithful. Do you know what that means when it says he's faithful? That means he will never, ever, ever fail you. Hallelujah. Ever, Hallelujah. ever. Because when he says faithful, it's an absolute and it's based on what real faith is. 
It's not our idea of faithful. It's God's idea of faithful. He will never fail you. Never! Does anybody grab a hold of that in their spirit this morning? He will never fail me. He will never fail me. If there's people watching online, put it in the comments. He will never fail me. He is faithful. He is faithful. Do you know he'll even be faithful in your teens? Isn't that something? He doesn't just wait till you get to be an adult before he's faithful. <laughs> he'll be faithful even then. Glory to God. He'll be faithful as a kid. Goodness knows, he saved my life miraculously when I was a kid. He was faithful. If he hadn't have done it, I mean performed a miracle, this preacher would not be preaching to you and neither would this church be here. He performed a miracle. He kept me. We're kept. He is faithful, not based on us. Praise God it's not based on us because I've messed up plenty. i messed up so many times. Y'all don't want to know about it. Trust me, you don't want to know about all the times I've messed up. Just like most of us here. But he's faithful. He's faithful. Amen. He says, and let us consider. Look, now he's telling us how to do church right. Hold fast to the promise because he is faithful. Hold fast to the hope. Don't let go of it, no matter what kind of pressure comes on. Look at this. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That means, now watch this, we're not just stimulating one another to love and good deeds. We're actually sitting back at home considering it. Let me think, how can I do this better? How can I help Johnny walk in more in love and good deeds? How can, I, how can I help Hannah walk more in love and good deeds? How, how can I help uh, Miss Julie walk more in love and good deeds? How can, not just, not just do it, but stimulate them, every single one. And, and it's not just me doing it, it's the whole body, the whole church that's actually looking around going, how can I pray for Matthew and Tabitha and stimulate them to love and good deeds. What can I do to help Labrina do this? How can I do this? Oh, uh, can you imagine what a change that would be if for the rest of just this week, everybody in the church was thinking about somebody else, how they could, they're considering how to stimulate somebody else to love and good deeds, and they start praying that out? Now, I don't want to ask this question, but I'm going to give you the thought just to show have we been doing that properly? No, we haven't. We haven't. But should we? I've found when I get in the best days of my pastoring, when I get into the best days of it, like I'm riding high, most of my prayers is I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking, Lord, what does Greg need? What does we and Natalie need? Lord, bless them. Pour out your favor and mercy on them. And that's what's coming up in my heart. What's happening? By the Holy Spirit, I'm upholding the church, the pillar of truth. By the Holy Spirit, I'm considering others higher than myself. I'm considering how do I stimulate them to the next level of their godliness? How do I do that? I can't say that I've been like that every single day as a pastor, but I'm working on I'm getting better and better and better. And those are my best days as a pastor. Is it, I love it. When, when my spirit gets in tune with the spirit of God and starts flowing like that, and understand it's not the spirit holding it back from me. It's me not being right that would, that would cause me not to do this. 
But when it starts flowing together and I put down the flesh and I'm flowing in the spirit and love and unity and in walking in that stuff, all of a sudden it just comes out of me. I just start praying for people. Just start praying by the leading of the Holy Spirit to uplift them. What if we all did that? What if we all did that? And you know what would be really good is if that one person that really ticked you off this week, you know, that one that really got under your skin and said the wrong thing at the wrong time, you actually considered and actually prayed from the Holy Ghost on that person too. Can you see what could happen? Because now every attack that the enemy would try to bring on, we would just quench it in a heartbeat by the power of the Holy Ghost because we just dealt with it and we stopped dwelling on that despising thought. We stopped dwelling on it. And you, you see, now you got real quiet, real quick. And Nicole's going to wrap this up. Hey, glory to God. <laughs> now, you see, can you see the attack? What's the attack? Is it on you personally? No. It's on the church. It's on the church. One of the things that came up to me this week as I was praying about this week and everything, the Lord said this. He said, Boomerang is in a time of momentum. I was like, glory to God. Because it's been a while. And one thing I've learned to look for and hold on to is a time of momentum. But I don't ever recall seeing a time of momentum come into the church that an attack didn't come against its unity. I don't ever remember it. You have to realize that the attack is not personal. It's against the body and the vision of it. It's against the pillar of truth. And so we've got to be, if we believe in the pillar of truth and we believe in the church, we have to put down the personal and we have to move into God's glory. We have to understand we've got to hold on to that. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Do you know what a statement, verse 24, is? Do you know what would change if the church would grab a hold of that one verse? Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. I'd be thinking all the time, how can I help Sharon? How can I help her business? How can I help her and Sherman's marriage? How can I help their finances? How can I help their health? How can I help their spiritual walk? How can I help their discipleship? We'd be just, you, you can see, it's like, how many people, think about this. If you, everybody close your eyes for just a second. If you found out that somebody genuinely, with the love of God, had you on their heart this morning, and was praying for you a completely unbiased prayer in the love and hope of God, would it bless you? Raise your hand. If you found that out, look around now. I mean, it's everybody. That changes lives. We need it. You know, somebody calls and says, hey, I'm praying for you. Used to, people call and they, they'd say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm like, dear God, what's about to happen? Oh, Jesus, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, like that's the way I would be. Now somebody says, hey, I'm praying for you. They're not praying, they're not praying just against an attack. They're just lifting me up in general and even praying off attacks. And so now somebody says, hey, I had you on my mind and I was praying for you this morning. I'm like, glory to God. 
thank you. Thank you so much. I need it. I had several people actually reach out this week and uh, say something like that. I was like, I didn't know I was under pressure, but praise God for the prayers, you know. Man, I need it. That doesn't mean I'm walking low. It can mean I'm walking high. Praise God. You know, some people, they'll be like, some, I've watched this in church. It's like, yeah. You know, uh, some people, they're like, hey, I'm praying for you. Why are you praying for me? You think I need your prayers? You think I'm going through something? Blah, 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 blah. I've watched it happen. I'm like, ah! And then, then it's like, the next time somebody wants to pray for them, they're like, dear God, I don't want to do that again. Like, don't take it so personal. You're praying for me. Glory to God. There was a guy, I, I've told this story before, there was a guy that used to go, uh, was a, a friend of the family, and, um, you know, in between the time that the Lord had called me to preach as an adult and the time I actually started flowing in preaching and a minister like I should as an adult, I was scared. I was scared of the responsibility of ministry. I was scared of what God might call me to do, and I didn't feel able. I didn't feel adequate, and I was scared. And while I was scared, it's like I'd run up to God, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm not ready, and run back. And then, then I'd be like, oh, this is horrible. I feel like dirt, and I need God. And I'd run back to God, and I'd, be, and I'd get real close to God and be like, and you're going to preach. And I'd be like, ha! Ah! And I'd run away. And, I, and, I, and then I'd come back over here and I'd be down and sin and condemnation. But like, oh, Jesus, I need you. He's like, I know. Come back to me. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'd run back over and then go, and now you're going to preach. And I'm like, no! And this period of time was a little, a little shaky. And uh, you know, let's just say that. And so it, I go to my mom's church one day. And there was a guy that, in my opinion, you know, I was raised aggressive. <laughs> Let's put it like that. I was raised to break new ground and marine and hoorah and, you know, you know, that's kind of how I was raised. And this guy was not so raised like that. He was raised less aggressive. Let's, let's say that. And he was always very nice, but a little bit, it just felt like, it just felt like, you know, Maybe you could do more, you know. Maybe you could be a little bit more aggressive. That was my thought. And I didn't have a lot of respect for him. And stand here, Chris, if you would. This is not Chris. He's not like that. He's aggressive. Good job. Amen. And, uh, and, and turn towards me. And so I walked up to my mom's church one day, and, and here's this guy standing for that in front of the church. And my mom's standing there, and my mom says, do you remember such and such? And I was like, yeah, I do. I do. I remember him. And I'm like, he's nice. You know, that's what I was thinking in my head. But did I have respect for him? Did I appreciate him? Well, at this point, I'd gone through that little process multiple times. And there's multiple times probably my life was spared because of stupidity. And I needed Jesus. And, and my mom says, you know what? God had put you on his heart. For years, he's been praying for you specifically for years. Oh, oh. I, you want me to show you what I did? I went, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I needed it. Thank you. I needed it. And you know, 
It, me and my little prideful self didn't know how much I needed it, but that moment I felt a piece of it. I needed somebody lifting me up, thinking about me, praying for me, not, not concerned that I had thought wrong about them, not concerned that I might disagree with their doctrine, just praying, considering how to stimulate others to love and good deeds. We all need somebody that's praying for us. I can tell you, everybody in here, you got somebody praying for you. Because if nobody else is, I am. And Nicole is. She might be more holy. She might you know, pray more than I do. So bless her for sure. Because she prayed for me when I needed it too. I will probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her prayers. She probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my prayers. That's how it works. Honestly, she probably wouldn't have made it without my prayers. And I can tell you, I wouldn't have made it without hers. The thing I sowed into, I reaped a harvest of later on. We need that harvest. You ever had days where you felt like you're walking tall in the spirit? I'm, man, I'm walking tall. Glory to God, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden, you're like, nothing can beat me. Come on, devil. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, you're like, oh, dear God, I'm not going to make it. Life group leader, oh, pastor. Are you under attack? I think so. I'm discerning spiritually. I think you're under attack. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. 25, not forsaking the assembling together as is the habit of some. Would you say that on that resurrect, resurrection day when the only major church that was open was having church and people still stayed home and probably didn't, most of them probably didn't watch the service. Maybe they did. I don't know. But they didn't assemble. They didn't come together when they had opportunity. Would you say that it's the habit of the American church to leave an option open on this? We're not supposed, there's a commandment of God. We're not supposed to leave these things open. Why? Because the church is the pillar of truth. It says, but come together assembling. Watch this. And this should be, when we come to church, this is what should be happening. Encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. Man, you can do this. You're going after God. Don't you let up. Let the power of God and the anointing of God continue to flow through you. You can do this. Man, you're changing. Life is changing for you. When you made the decision to come here, everything changed in Jesus' name. And life went up. You can do this. It's going to challenge you. Your flesh is not going to like it, but you got this. You got it. You can do this. You can change those thoughts, those old ways. Everybody's got them. You can change those things. Everyone, you got this. And what if it wasn't just the pastor doing it, but all the believers? You got this. You got this. I hear all the time, people's like, you know, and, and, and it's interesting. I'll hear it all the time. You, did you know that somebody said this? And when they tell me what they said, I'm like, golly, that was, whew, that was rough. You know, and I'm, I'm like, how did you respond? Well, I think I need to go tell them what to do. It's like, oh, hold up, hold up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not be so aggressive. Did you pray for them and love on them? Well, no, I just need to tell them. Like, yeah, well, time out. 
No, let the anointing of God go to work. Encourage them. You got this. I believe in you. I believe in you. Well, I've been just a mess, and have you seen my life? You know, I have. But I know Christ. I've seen his life too. And if you'll let Christ get in you and flow through you, you can do this. I believe in you. You have the ability to put your faith on Christ, hold fast to that hope, and come through this thing. You have the ability. You have that ability. What if everybody in the church did this? What happens to the pillar of the church? Does it stay small or does it raise and cause more light to shine, more truth to be found, and more freedom to come in? This is what we're called to, for the truth to stand tall. He says, encouraging one, one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We seeing the day drawing near, the last of the last days, are we seeing that? Then what's the direct commandment of God? The direct commandment of God is do these things more and more. If I could give you a homework assignment, go and read these two sets of verses, not long. Each day, meditate on them this week. 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, and Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Look at each part of it. Look at it. Meditate on it. Let it get in you. We are called to encourage one another and lift one another up to be that pillar of truth that shines the light and the freedom of God and allows His love, His great love, to be made manifest. Amen. You know, as a kid, last story, and look, it's not even 12 yet. This is like, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Christmas in July. Today's still July, right? There you go, amen. As a kid, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite pastimes was you drag all the kitchen chairs into the living room and you grab a good cover. You don't generally want to grab grandma's quilt because the chairs can't hold it up. But you make this big tent, and then you, you know, if, you're, if you think out this process, you know, engineering-wise, you set it so that there's a hole right to the TV, so you can watch that while you're in the tent. Sometimes you think about that. You get better as you go along. But one of the great things is to make this tent and hang out in it all day. It's like your little domain. It's like, it's like all of that stuff. But if you got a big brother... The big brother, playing the part of the devil. He comes along, and the first thing he wants to do is kick that, that chair out, and, so that, and the tent comes falling down on your house. We got an enemy, and the church is the pillar of truth. And as long as it's standing as the pillar, as long as it's standing as the pillar, truth is going to be there. Lives are going to change. Now, it has to be founded on the right things. It has to be founded on the Word. It has to be founded on love and unity. And it has to be founded on power. If you don't have power in a church, I would say you're coming close to not having a church. And I'm talking about healing and miracles and stuff like that. And that's not in every church. And that's a problem. Because he said, he said that in the last days there'll be men 
having a form of godliness, but they've denied its power. Denying its power is not just saying, I don't believe it exists anymore. Denying its power goes further than that. If I'm designed for power, but I have no power flowing through me, I've denied what should be. I've denied what could be. So we need power in that church too. So we need love, we need power, and we need the Word of God as its foundation. Not, not man's philosophy, but we need the Word of God. And the devil comes in, and he tries to kick that pillar out. And he tries to drop the tent, drop the, the protection from the corruption of the world so that truth is not there and the light of God's not shining. And he generally does it in such a way, sometimes he'll try a big attack and stuff like that, but most of the time he just does it, and it's very effective. He just tries it on one person and another person and another person and gets one person upset with another person, does all this kind of stuff, or he just gets you and he wants you to not think on the word and not think on joy and stuff like that. We can't allow that slimy, scoundrel, rascal to get over on us. We've got some momentum that's happening right now in this church. There's some spiritual momentum that's happening. I'm telling you what's happening. And, and no way, with everything that God's taught us, should we allow one inkling of a fingernail, toenail hold of that slimy scoundrel rascal to get into our business. He's got no right here. The only way he gets, the only way he gets in is if we let him. And we're not letting him. Because God's called us to be a pillar of truth. Even if we didn't have this direct mission that we have in this area and in this region, as a church, we have a mission of God. We are literally on a mission from God. <laughs> we are literally, literally on a mission from God. And God's got a plan. And God has a vision. And God has somewhere He wants to take you. And the beautiful thing is, as He takes that body of Christ up, he takes you up with it. You get to go with it. You get lifted with it in that way. God wants to bring His glory into your house. He wants to bring power into your hands. He wants to bring love and unity in this place like it's never been before, ever. You can't see the attacks as personal and you can't see them as I won't make it through. I will make it through. I will see the glory of God. I might be crushed, but I, I might be pressed, but I will not be crushed. I won't be crushed. I won't be crushed. And I won't let it even get close. I won't even let it get it close. God wants to move something in your life. Now, I, today, what I really sense is that there's multiple things that probably need prayed for. There's probably some people that need some help. There's probably people that need the power of God to manifest in their life. Maybe you just need help supernaturally helping you process through certain things. Maybe, maybe it's that God's dealing with you. As I'm talking about this, you're like, oh Lord, I've not been considering others and I need to repent for that. And, and I want to say, there's always the altar. And, and who hadn't done that? You know who's done that? Me. I've been the one who didn't consider others. I've been the one who got offended and, and ticked off at somebody. I've been that guy too. And when it's your moment to repent of it, just deal with it quickly and get over it. Get through it. Don't let it sit. Don't let it fester. Because don't we all know, if you leave something like that, it just gets ugly. 
and it's a lot harder and a lot more painful to deal with, just deal with it. So right now, I just want to ask you, and you can go ahead. I just want to ask you, if, if today, Lord, I need to redirect some thought and thinking to you. Lord, I need your help in my life. I don't want to move like I have been moving. I need to change things. I need to, I need to turn some things around. And as I turn around, Lord, I'm, I'm hoping that you're standing there to help me. I need my fellowship with you on a different level today. I need to walk out those doors, and it's not the same. And I ask everybody to bow your heads for a second. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. Let me see it. I need your help today. Amen. All over the place. Lord, I need, I need to walk out these doors a different person. I need your help. I want to invite those people that, that raised your hands, but not just you. Anybody. Lord, I need healing in my body today. I need healing in my mind. I need healing in my finances. I need the provision of God in any way. So the people that raised your hand earlier, or I just need prayer, and I need God's help, I want to invite you to come down to the front right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your help. Thank you, Lord, for your help. And when I get prayer, today things are changing. Today things are changing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. I just want to invite everybody that's in here. I want to invite everybody that's in here. Just pray this with me. Pray it out loud. Lord, today, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Everything you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Every command that Pastor Brian spoke today, out of your word, I'm going to fulfill it. And I'm going to seek to do it right in Jesus' name. And I believe you took my mess, my sin, on you to the cross, and to the grave. And God brought you back to life, signifying everything that could hold on to me was broken so that you could rise up. It's no longer holding me down because of what Christ did. Jesus, I ask you today, baptize me, Fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Just start receiving right now. You can even pray or sing. Just start receiving right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Step one, step to the side. You stand here. Raise your hand supernatural grace and strength in the name of Jesus. Let your anointing come on him and flow through him like never before. I see supernatural help that God directed for me to come and get it to you this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. And your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Today is a new day <laughs> in your home. 
Haniot Kava, Savoho Sobeninkloso, Horma Hatir Kerebeste. Say, Lord, I'm yours. I hand it all over. I'm yours, and I'm never going back in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid of not making it. You'll help me. You'll be faithful, and you'll take me by the hand, and I'll take you by the hand, and we're going to triumph in Jesus' name. Lord, anointing, fire of God. Feel him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Overflow him, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Fresh fire and filling of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. A fresh power and anointing of God to lead your house, to be the man that God's called you to be. Let it be in Jesus' name. Ah, more redemption, more redemption, more restoration, and overflow. <laughs> and joy of the Holy Ghost overflowing. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I saw it again. I think I told you before. I see you going around your house and the joy of the Lord hitting you and laughing and just joy. And you like got no other reason other than God is good. <laughs> and he brings joy and adds joy and fills me with joy in Jesus name supernatural in the name when I lay hands on you whatever it is you need you draw that from the Lord Lord I draw your strength I draw your anointing I draw your healing touch I draw those finances and the overflow in Jesus name raise your hand in the name of Jesus. Yep. Clarity come now in the name of Jesus. What to pick up and what to put down in Jesus' name. In let the mind of Christ come in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory. Lord, say, Lord, I receive. Oh, I receive. Yeah, you do. You do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name. You don't have to jump back up and catch. I don't know if you're going to be able to do a good job anyway. No, no, raise your hands. Start receiving right now. The Lord's pouring out. He wants to pour out on your life like never before. It's coming. It's on the way. And it is manifesting now. In Jesus' name. It's manifesting now. And supernatural wisdom and grace to run that race. In Jesus' name. I just sent the heart of the Lord so happy. With where you're going, so happy, so happy. And, and I'm not just saying that every plan you have is of Him. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying I see His plans that He's got for you. And His plans, when He looks at you and thinks of His plans, it just makes Him joyful. <laughs> now, you just rejoice in the plans He's got. Yield to Him as He leads you. Don't, don't get your heart set one way or the other that He hadn't told you to get it set. 
and let him pour it out. <laughs> Say, Lord, I yield everything. <laughs> I'm yours. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm awesome. Did you know such a life-changing thing would happen when you walked in that old office building years ago? Did you know how much your family would change? How much it would be lifted up? Did you know what good plans God had for you? <laughs> Rejoice. Rejoice in Jesus' name. It's been a lot. It's been good. Lord, we praise you together in Jesus' name. Yeah, and, and healing be now in the name of Jesus. Healing be, restoration be quick. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. You can step this way just a little bit. Actually, step right between me. I saw him getting stacked up over there. Uh, Lord, <laughs> supernatural help now in Jesus' name. I know, I know that I know there's a new week for you. It's a new week and new hope. Like that hope I talked about, that's you seeing the light. And I know, I can tell it, I can feel it. They told me the story. I about started crying when they told me the story because I could feel the heart of God reaching down and touching your life this week. Huh? Yeah, amen. You can have it. Listen, God, I'm not the one who saves you, but God will pour through in that way. Here's what I want you to do. Lift your hands to the one who does save you. Just say, Lord, I receive your love in Jesus' name. Say, I rebuke anything that's not of you. I let go of it, any thinking, any action, anything that's not of you. I have no part with it in the name of Jesus. I release it and I receive your goodness and mercy in Jesus' name. Anointing of God, break every yoke that would try to come against her in the name of Jesus. Break every yoke in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to stand here for just a second. Let that anointing flow. You just keep receiving. Now here's what I want you to do. You just keep your eyes closed fine. Just keep standing here. Keep receiving. I'm coming back. I'm going to finish praying. Don't go anywhere. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Strength rise up. Oh, glory to God. Strength rise up. Strength, put your hand on your heart. Strength of heart. Strength of mind. Strength in this body. In the name of Jesus. I see a powerhouse of God standing in front of me. A powerhouse of God in the name of Jesus. I see, I see your hands laid on people and mighty miracles happening through these hands in the name of Jesus. You are not small in His eyes or the devil's eyes. You're not small in my eyes. I see the great and mighty power of God flowing through a woman who's anointed by Christ in Jesus' name. In the name 
of Jesus. Let that God a little new and fresh anointing overflow now in the name of Jesus. In His name. Now you receive. It's not emotional. There's a spiritual transfer. It's happening now and it's done. It's done in Jesus' name. You're not alone. You're not in it alone. You're not by yourself. You got people considering how to stimulate you to good works and good deeds, to love and good deeds. They're praying for you. They're lifting you up. You have friends every day, every minute of every day. You are not alone in Jesus' name. Now just receive that help. Receive that help now in the name of Jesus. Let everything come into being. Let it all come to pass. And that wisdom you were asking for this week, let wisdom come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> My friend. Friend and brother that I love. Just receive that love right now. Thank you, Father. In your name, in your name, Lord, we yield to you and we walk out everything that you have for us, not being held back by anything, small or great. Lord, let them be strengthened with all your might and your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Overflow. Completed, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Completed. Completed. In Jesus' name. Lord. Thank you right now for taking up the weight, for bearing the burden in every way. It's not just us, Lord, it's you and your strength. We thank you for it and we cast it on you. Ah, you got it now. I'm not carrying it again in Jesus' name. We're not carrying it again. Nah, we give it to you. Yeah, they're right there. Amen. Yeah, it's released. Thank you, Father. Say this, say, Lord, I lean on you, and I don't pick it up again. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Good. Hallelujah. Not yours anyway. You're not anointed for it. He is. <laughs> you hear that? Yep. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. In the name. Supernatural health and strength be in Jesus' name from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Now that came straight out of the Spirit, what I just said. All right? I wasn't even, actually, I wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking about the Holy Ghost and I wasn't even thinking what I was saying. That came straight from the, what I said. It was simple, but it's powerful. Thank you, Lord. 
Actually, I surprised myself when I said it. Okay, so I didn't, I wasn't, I was like, oh, what did I just say? Thank you, Father, by the Spirit, flowing by the Spirit. Things are unraveling. Things are being seen even more and more clear. Things are being seen even more and more clear. And the things you've done in the past haven't been forgotten or overlooked. I've got a plan and I have a destiny for you. I've written it. I have written it. And I will empower you to walk it out. I have written it, he says, and I will empower you to walk it out in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, it won't surprise me that over the next few months, you'll start to see things more clear, what you are to do, you know, different things like that. I think you were right when you said we're supposed to be here, you know, and all that. There's a tie there. There's a covenant connection. But, and we'll, what does the Lord have planted on? I don't know. I don't know, but he does, and he's written it, and he'll make it clear, and it'll be awesome. We'll communicate as we go, and we'll know what the Lord has. Amen. Lord, I yield to you everything, every thought, every action, in Jesus' name. From top of her head to the soles of her feet. Say, Lord, I yield everything to you in Jesus' name. Uh, everything. Supernatural help. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Don't let go of hope. Hold on to hope in Jesus' name. Go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Fullness and completion be in the name of Jesus. Hey, glory to God. Love, fullness, and completion be in the name of Jesus. Love made manifest your anointing and your power. Lord, let it fill her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet in the name of Jesus. Help, supernatural strength and help be in Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I receive it today. I have your help. I'm walking out of here with help in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, I go to Potomoso and I have it. He'll help you. That's good. That's awesome. In the name above every name. So be it. In Jesus' name. Blessing be. Blessing be. Colton, will you come up here, please? You know that statement, you got to get a skip back in your step or a, what is it, something like that. Anyway, I, I, what I saw was like that. You got to get a laugh back in your speech. You got to get a, a joy back in your speech. 
And I know you know how to, and you do it better than you ever have before, but there's a new level of it. Amen. <laughs> you got to get a higher level of joy back in your speech. Joy and grace of the Holy Ghost overflow in Jesus' name. Just lift your hand. Lord, help them right now today. Help them in everything and in every way. Lord, take them to new places as he runs his race. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and grace. Supernatural help for you right now. Do you take it? Ho, ho, ho. Say, Lord, I take your help. I'm not doing it by myself. I take your help. And I release my own handling of it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bakoto Bopani. Ha ha kadofade See, as you yield to him, just like you're yielding to me right now, things are in place, but he'll straighten them up, and he'll make it perfect, and he'll show you his way. Thank you, Father. Lord, I yield to you. Make it your heart's cry. I yield to you every day and every hour. Thank you, Father, for helping me. You are faithful. In the name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Now, you keep coming up in my prayers. So, you're in a, in a season of transition. And part of that transition, I'm not just talking about an earthly or a physical transition, but your mind and the way you have thought for the vast majority of your life has to shift. And it has to, hear me, it has to go to another level. It has to go to another level. It has to. It's not you handling it by your own. It's Him. It's Him who's faithful. It has to go to another level. And it's not been like horrible. It's just it has to go to another level. When you get, you know, when you get up to 210 degrees, that last less than a percent turns on so much power that it would send steam engines across country carrying great loads of cargo. But that last percent, it wasn't a big deal, it was a small deal. But man, did it make a difference. It's like that day that the Lord said to me, you're not having any fun. And it was like he was saying, you're not in joy, you're not putting on joy. He said, you're not having any fun. And I was like, you're right. I made such a simple switch in my thinking that day. I, I, you're right, I'm, I will have fun. I'm having fun now. 
literally in a split second my whole life changed like that and it was it seemed small but it was huge in its enormity and power Lord in the name of Jesus empower him to step into that next level and that new thinking in Jesus name in the name you have to thank you Father Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Dakaviri and Tikanamos Bao, Bropamani also Bacari, Yotar also, Baluspi, Bandokoba Istuko, Ramba Avaki Istuni, Randana also the Roboso, Tanamos over the Botsope, Didikini Kasiki, Lo Otana Hirsivaha, Bona Opram Atarabos of Bopadidi. You've not arrived, but it is next level. It's time to give a fight to the devil, but you got to get serious and get rid of the flesh. Thank you, Father, for giving her this rest in Jesus' name. A rest. You don't have to work it out or fight it with the flesh. You use it by putting faith and walking out that rest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. It's time for the church to be a pillar of truth, a pillar of light, a pillar of His goodness and His mercy. Thank you, Father. Amen. Can I pray for you? That'd be all right. Is that okay, Mom? <laughs> Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your anointing and your overflow. Thank you, Lord. Protect her, shield her with your grace and mercy in the name of Jesus. Lord, put in her a heart to go after you straight from heaven. Will you put your hand on your heart? Mom, put your hand on her heart too. Lord, Sahada Kidami, every heart, every physical and spiritual heart be whole in the name of Jesus. Dani Oso Soso Tosnikadi. Animal Obrani, let your anointing flood her and let it be everything that it's supposed to be. Lord, right now, let her be strengthened with all your might and flow in your anointing and the grace and the wisdom to be that good steward that we talked of even last week, uh, talking about being a good steward of the kids that God's given. Lord, let that grace and wisdom flow to Paige in a, in a way like it's never been before. Let it be truly supernatural to steward this gift that God has given and to raise her up and make the way easy and light to run after God with everything she has. Lord, put it as a new mission and purpose on a new level. It's been good, but it'll be like new level. God sent stuff in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that's ready to be the pillar of truth and let the light of God shine in a dark world and a, a world that's getting darker, but we got to shine brighter. we got to shine brighter. Thank you, Father. Bring Miss Patty Jean, help her come here, please. Just stand her in front of this chair. Can you feel that? 
Hadin Kadamosani, Takalosi, beyond Lokani. Just raise your hands, close your eyes. Lord, I receive. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Body, be well. Thank you, Father, for your light that illumines the health of her body in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace in every way. Thank you, Father, for your love and mercy. Thank you for your love and mercy in Jesus' name. Just receive the love of a father. I see him just holding you and just comforting you and giving you strength and hope in him. You just receive that today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after that. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. I don't know who's wrapping it up, but I'm done. Amen. Thank you that you have given us that hope, that joyful, confident expectation. And we walk out of here today with that joyful, confident expectation, bringing it to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to come out here a little bit. Um, so I know that we shared some of the announcements earlier, but we have Impact starting back up soon. It is an amazing opportunity. The anointing is in the teachings. Um, and so if you're interested in learning more about that, go talk to Barrett or Pastor Nicole within the next few weeks. Also, we have youth group tonight. Me, Buddy, Johnny, Marky, we're going to be there. So grade 6 to 12, make sure to be there too at 4 p.m. And if you want more teaching and preaching just like this, we have our daily Lunch Plus broadcast broadcast at 11:30 on YouTube every weekday. So, be blessed. Have a wonderful day. We love you guys. Love you guys. Mm -hmm.